0: You're listening to the Heroes Podcast Network.
1: Hello, everyone. This is Ray from the Heroes Podcast Network. Currently, you've probably heard me on a show called Screen Heroes, where we discuss movies and uh, TV shows about superhero sci-fi, and a little bit of fantasy. Well, I love fantasy so much, I am starting a brand new podcast about fantasy television series. We are going to review these series in a bit more detail than what Screen Heroes usually does. We'll discuss multiple episodes for a whole continuous arc and then move on to another series. Spellbound will review shows, new shows like The Witcher, Good Omens, Carnival Row, and Dark Crystal Age of Resistance. We're also going to look back at previous shows such as American Gods and Avatar The Last Airbender, old miniseries from the 90s like Leprechauns and The Tenth Kingdom, and we're going to do a movie here and there, maybe even a little bit of fantasy upcoming news, who knows. You'll be able to follow Spellbound at SpellboundCast on Twitter for the latest fantasy news about the show, about the upcoming shows that we'll be discussing. You can also listen to us Fridays coming in September.
2: Good morning, friends. You're tuned in to episode 103 of Gamer Heroes, the weekly show where we talk about news, reviews, and anything else happening in games today. My name's Cam Koenig. With me, as always, is my boy, Thomas Egan. Thomas, how you doing? I am doing very well. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. It's a little warm in here. It know? is quite but, warm in here. <laughs> full transparency, I came over and Thomas is like, hey, what's up? My air conditioner's broke. And I'm like, oh, all oh. right, well, <laughs> we're going to make it work. But I've already so. caught you, so you can't leave. So. That's right. So you gave me a Dr. Pepper, so I'm legally obligated to stay here. True. Sure. So yeah, we got a kind of sort of a packed show today, so we'll just kind of get into it. Uh Thomas, what have you been playing?
3: Uh let's see. So this this past week I touched WoW Classic for a little bit. It was on a laptop. It was bad. Do not recommend. Uh well it was on my work MacBook with oh, a bad yeah. mouse and everything. Mm-hmm. Not good. Um but besides that, this did it past run alright?
2: Sorry to interrupt I you for thought. It ran
3: okay. okay cool. I mean, I turned everything down really far, but uh Sure. Yeah, cool. The performance issues I've had uh, with WoW on either of my computers hasn't actually been the game having any issues whatsoever. It's me trying to use the computer for literally any other function while I'm playing WoW. (laughs) Uh, But, uh, yeah, I still had some fun doing that. I'm definitely not playing as much as I was in that first, like, even week Mm -hmm. or two. But what I really played was this game called Forager Mm -hmm. that uh, my friend came over, and he straight up told me to play this game he'd buy it for me he just wanted to yeah he just wanted to he liked it enough that he wanted to experience me playing through it and uh man now i'm hooked that (laughs) game we this past weekend we my girlfriend and i had some good times we went out and got into a couple things for free that were a lot of fun Mm -hmm. so it was definitely the time to be going out doing things in the world and not the time to be at home playing video games. But even while we were out having a blast, I was like, "Man, this is pretty cool." But you know, it also is cool. Forager, fuck yeah, I've been there. <laughs> I I had the itch. So it's a uh, basically if you took a lot of elements from Stardew Valley mm-hmm. and melted everything down and made it a little everything a little more tightly packed. Okay, uh, it lightened up on the like it doesn't have seasons or. Uh, you know, the the NPC system is very light. You do a couple quests, you t- find somebody and go fetch something for them. But it has this humongous skill tree in it. So so what does this game look like? So this is an indie game. Uh, let's see. It was published by Humble Bundle. And let me pull up the name okay. here. Uh, it is made by the American studio Hopfrog. Okay, cool. I have n- I'm not familiar with their work. So... Uh, neither am I I okay. had never heard of this game until cool. my friend recommended it to me honestly I didn't really look into it it is brand spanking new to me great uh, what I will say is the game came out in April in uh, April this year on PC and it came out uh, at the end of July for PS4 and Switch so I bought it on the PS4 mm-hmm. uh, what's funny is the game runs great even though there are a million things going on like a million processes going on but there was one time I ran into a cave that is very small and isolated. There's practically nothing going on, and I had a frame rate issue, and it was so ironic because it was like, this, how is it struggling here? Was it like the
2: lighting, maybe,
3: or...? Um, I think it was the mechanic that that dungeon had in it. Okay. Whatever it was about it, the game did not like. Fair enough. Yeah, so I don't know what it was about that dungeon that the game did not Mm -hmm. like, but what you're doing is you are top-down you're on a little island you start on a little island that has some rocks and some trees on it and some berry bushes and that's all there is and you have a pickaxe and you use this pickaxe throughout the whole game you upgrade it and do all the stuff but you break resources use those resources to build and you level up while you do all that stuff so when you level up you open up this grid basically that you can only see four options right now but when you unlock one it illuminates the spaces next to them Mm -hmm. so you get to build out in certain directions and unlock things in a certain way Uh, there's farming and agriculture there's magic there is economy and there's industry and i spent most of my time as i do doing like agriculture farm stuff like or at least that's how i intended to go it Mm -hmm. did not work out that way um but the when I first saw just how far that skill tree went, wow. Like, I knew
2: that I had a lot of game ahead of me. And even... So, so how big are we talking? Are we talking, like, Final Fantasy X Sphere Grid? Or, like, uh, Path of Exile? Or what's up?
3: The Like, it's not that the grid is so massive. It's probably like a... I don't know. A 7x7... Six by six. Oh, okay. Or maybe an eight by
2: eight. Is it just got like a lot of depth to it then?
3: Well, every single choice you make is a real choice. Like I was just throwing around some skill points earlier on in the game and I was like, oh, I actually wish I had saved this. Um, So
2: can you not reroll then or?
3: You can't reroll, but you're still leveling up at a rate that nothing feels wasted. Okay, cool. Uh, So I never felt bad. But now that I've seen possibilities of how to build out this world, Um, I'm excited to start another game. I'm not sure when that'll be, but Mm -hmm. I'm definitely going to do that at some point. But it's just got this feedback loop of create, um, you know, create harvest. You know, just like in Stardew, you've got a place where you can store things. (laughs) My friend described it as paying taxes (laughs) where you're like, all right, like glass is kind of hard to make. Make 30 of them and store them in here just for free and uh, it gives you just goals to achieve, right? Mm-hmm. So you constantly have like, oh, I completed, I collected a bunch of this thing that was new to me. Uh, but you make money by building a market, which is just another one of your skill choices. It's like everything unlocks stuff. The game doesn't just give you anything. You intentionally unlock things to appear in your world. So what I would do, <laughs> I unlocked too many things. I'm not specialized at all. And it actually makes the the game like too busy there really? is stuff <laughs> everywhere and so if i leave an area for a little bit mm-hmm. it is so full of stuff i can't even get through
2: it what what kind of stuff trees and flowers a lot so you're like unlocking or, things that like show up in the world that yes you can, okay that's interesting
3: yeah so it's like you unlock uh farming and it now spawns beets out in the world like before beets didn't appear now they just huh. grow and appear Uh, And a bunch of stuff. You can spawn fairies like in Zelda that you can catch in a bottle and heal with. But I actually didn't pick that one, so the only place I find that is on a space that I unlock. So when you get money, you can buy land, and you buy another randomly rolled piece of the map, you know, a square-ish island, just like your starting one, and you slowly build out. Uh, And I don't think this is a spoiler, but when you build out in certain directions, you've got biomes... So I won't tell you what those are, but they're cool. Mm -hmm. Uh, But each island has a different thing. I mean, it always has some gimmick to it. Like, here's a puzzle to solve, or here's a tower, go inside, like, see what's in it, and and all this. But you're constantly met, like, you're constantly achieving goals and unlocking new stuff. at, At a rate that feels very satisfying, and boy, is it addicting! I. Like I said, I just couldn't think. It was like the Tetris effect. Yeah, I couldn't stop. So you like thinking close your eyes
2: it. and you're just like seeing the thing. Oh, oh fuck, my man! Gosh. And that it's nonstop. Relates to me on a spiritual level. So since everything's real tight,
3: mm-hmm. like everything's close enough together, um, it's the same feedback loop I get from Stardew. Except there's a lot less traveling, and I don't think that's a good or a bad thing. It's just different than Stardew. That's the only other game like this that I've ever played. So that's my main. You know, that's what I can compare it to. I really like that game. Lizzie and I just she watched me play that for like four hours, mm-hmm. you know, and she like not messing on her phone or anything, just, just watched, like staring. Yeah, because yeah. we were both just so into it. <laughs> uh, it was really cool. That's awesome. So I recommend that game. That was twenty dollars, and I'm definitely going to get twenty dollars worth. So it's out of not this on thing. Switch,
2: you said? It or is on Switch. Fuck. But uh, <laughs> tread carefully because God, I, I, I like realistically, I don't know if I'll ever get around to it. It yeah. does sound like something I would enjoy, but, like, man, I didn't even get past the first season in Stardew Valley. And You never... Oh, you don't buy this game. <laughs> You'll yeah. never... It's, it's not that I didn't like it. It's just that I picked it up, I started playing it, and just other shit came out. Yeah. And I was just like, this has my attention away more, which seems to be the fucking problem for me this year, because, good lord, are there some video games. Yes. Especially now. Jesus. Um,
3: uh, let me see. I, I'll wrap this up real quick, because I want to hear what you've been playing. Uh Sorry to like kind of cut you off. I just know that You're totally I'll good. talk forever. That's okay. So, uh, yeah, the game is cool. I'm really excited to keep progressing now because I put my first points into industry and I found that I can automate things. Fuck. Like, the the options it gives you, there were several things where I was like, wait, you can do what? <laughs> like, it hadn't occurred to me that the systems that
2: are in there could be in the game. So, so I know, like, this is kind of a weird thing to say, but I feel like a lot of those games, you don't have that sense of discovery as much lately just because, you know, wikis exist. Like if I'm playing like Stardew Valley and I want to learn how to do something or there's this like sort of thing that I'm trying to accomplish or like, honestly, it's like, hey, I'm, like, trying to reform the community center, and I would just want to figure out the best way to get, like, these particular things, to put them into the thing, to make the thing happen, you know? <laughs> right. Uh, uh, like, just tell like me how it, to get the rare stuff. Right, and it sounds like it makes no sense, but I feel like you get it if you played that game. But, uh, yeah, it's it's kind of neat. Like, so you just haven't looked anything up at all? Like, you're just kind of discovering stuff as you no, go? No,
3: and it feels good
2: to That's just cool. discover and, it. Is anything, like, kind of hidden, or, like, it doesn't tell you a whole lot, or is uh, it... So,
3: um... As you unlock more land, the game will add like enemies will start showing up. Yeah. Uh, like one of the biomes actually has skeletons in it. Normally, Sick. I could I'd never That's seen a skeleton. Awesome. And uh, like a couple things required bones to make, but I only accidentally got bones very 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 rarely. So then when I way later unlocked this area that just had unlimited skeletons whenever I wanted, I was like oh. Now I understand how this chain of progression, Mm -hmm. like, if I had already known how to build out my skill tree, I could have, uh, you know, bought my land in a different order to get bones quicker, or I could, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But uh, in the skill tree, so it pretty much all comes down to that. You can't see what's beyond, like, you can't see what's over in a certain direction. On that skill tree, unless you buy something next to it. Like, so I didn't, I had no idea what any of the industrial stuff was until way into the game, because I just, I liked picking flowers. Mm-hmm. Like, straight up, I like chopping trees and yeah. mining ore. It didn't even touch the industry stuff. So then once I did, I was like, oh, wow, this opens up all these possibilities in conjunction with the skills I already have. And as you continue to get new skills, you start using your old skills in a different way. Um, so, you, you, it never happens where you just don't need something anymore it, well if you're dumb like me and you just bought everything like you just I wanted everything to mm-hmm. appear on uh, in the screen um it makes it really busy that's the only advice I would have given to myself when I started and uh I think I think my friend was trying to tell me that and I explicitly told him to let me make my own mistakes <laughs>
2: <laughs> clearly <laughs> so you did I clearly
3: did but I'm really enjoying it um yeah, uh, I'll try to show you, I could probably show you 20 minutes of that game sometime and yeah. y- you would understand totally. what's
2: Totally, that sounds cool about really, it. really great. Yeah. Well, uh, I guess to go sort of chronologically for me, for what I've been playing. So, I believe last week, I think we recorded last week, we did an episode last week, yeah. So last week, you were just like, hey, do you think you're going to get to the point in Fire Emblem by the end of this month? <laughs> And I'm Mm -hmm. like, yeah, I probably will. And I, like, kind of picked it back up. Uh, I hit it, like, yesterday or two days ago, and I'm back fucking 100% on board. (laughs) And I did not think that I was going to be. (laughs) So I'm not going to get into, like, specifics, and I don't want to spend too much time on it because I feel like I've kind of talked about it. Like, a lot of my feelings towards that game have not really changed. There are some things in that game that I think are a drag. Like, a lot of the day-to-day stuff is really cool for me for, like, the first, you know... Thirty hours of the game. <laughs> oh, that's like I feel like I just got to like quote the halfway point, and I'm on like hour forty-five. Man, and it's weird because I love just like big beefy JRPGs, but I don't really feel like a lot of the stuff happening in this is clicking with me enough to warrant me sticking around for like ninety fucking hours. I've heard yeah, a lot such of people a big ask it is, and I've heard a lot of people say that it goes for about sixty, which is fine. Like basically, at this point i don't really kind of give a shit about like the tactical combat and i think that's entirely just a me preference thing mm-hmm. um it's never been my favorite thing in the world um i've been using the auto battle thing a whole lot to just get through the side stuff because i just don't really care about it um, What is the auto auto battle so entail? auto battle lets you just basically take an entire like your turn of it just automatically moves all of your units and you can choose like charge which basically just like sends them straight at the fucking enemy just like no holds barred uh there's focus which like is what i've typically been using where they just kind of sort of fall back into what their quote class roles are so like your healer is gonna stay back a little bit and just like heal people who take damage excuse me your uh, tanky people are gonna go rush up front your uh, your rangers are gonna stay to like a medium range just that kind of a typical thing there's also fall back, I think, or hold. I, I've only really ever used Holds charge back. or focus because I'm playing on kind of an easy difficulty to where there's not really many stakes, mm. which is a bummer. Oh, um, that's right. You had mentioned that. Yeah. And casual. And I, I've seen like a little bit more of a challenge from a couple of things. There have been times where I've just turned on the auto battle and the game's like, no, fuck you. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, sorry. Okay, okay. But you, as part of this game, get the ability to rewind time, I think like three times a battle, and there's oh. like no limit. I love that mechanic. It's really nice, and it makes it super accessible, because I know, like, historically, when you think of Fire Emblem, you think of your characters die, they're fucking gone, reloading, like, a save every turn kind of a thing. And, like, just making that easier to just get through is really nice.
3: Yeah, and that'd be especially nice for, like, so somebody like me, I'm not going to buy this game, Mm -hmm. mostly because, in general, the genre is not of interest to me. But the time commitment is a big barrier, and... Knowing that the systems are more accessible for a guy like me, who could easily bounce off after...
0: As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming.
1: No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash
3: prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky.
1: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm
3: just guessing like 20 hours. Sure. If I hit 20 hours and I wasn't really feeling it, I mean, hell, I can go play Forge. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but really, so it's, it's nice that those exist right. for players like me, because that makes... That sounds enticing to me. Yeah. That said,
2: it's a big game. Um,
3: it, it sounds like it would be nice if you so could change that setting
2: back. Yeah. Yeah. I, Turn it I, up I a really bit. there was a point which right now I think I'm totally fine with difficulty level I'm at, but that could just be me being just resigned to I'm just gonna burn through this and get done because mm-hmm. like there's things you can do every day just like wandering around and like min maxing like your relationship levels and shit like that, but I'm just like man, I just want to see what's going to happen and then i'm probably done like i know i have gotten to a point in the plot where i can absolutely understand why this game warrants multiple playthroughs and i can Mm. totally totally accept and agree with anybody who wants to go do that it's not going to be something i do i'm just going to look that shit up on youtube but uh without getting into story specifics shit pops off (laughs) uh and the thing that is really kind of propelling me forward uh Kind of slight spoilers, but it's kind of everywhere if you have any interest in talking about this game. But there is a five-year time gap uh, at the point where shit pops off. There's a time jump. You will see it referred to by everybody as the time jump. And, like, the characters that you've gotten to know change over time and, like, changed in that time. And you, like, meet up with them again or whatever. And you get to see how they as a character have not only changed and grown both like in their abilities and like in terms of their personality and like your relationship level with them but also how they are reacting to all of the crazy shit going on in the world and that's really what's kind of driving me forward here is wanting to see how all of this is going to play out with the fucking 50 plus characters in this game and just like wondering okay what is gonna happen yeah, that's a lot of variability. It is, it is. And, yeah, and I I know that there are multiple endings to this game, and I think they are dependent on, like, which house that you pick in the very start of the game where it gives you, like, almost <laughs> no information. Uh, so I, I, I do understand why people would want to play through it again. I'm not going to. I'm going to finish it. I, I'm committed to finishing it before the end of this year, maybe by the end of this month. Mm-hmm. Who knows? There's a lot of games coming out, but... yeah. Speaking of a lot of games coming out, Control is really, really fucking good. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. Control uh,
2: is really good, Thomas.
3: That I think is the most for me. That like I didn't know that it existed the day before it came out. Now it's out in the wild. I for only flattering things about it in in like the things that I care about the most. Yeah, those have only been good things. They, there's you know there's issues like uh, hardware stuff like on the OG PS4 and stuff but as far as like that has what been the patched, game by the way
2: yeah which is awesome so not it's still there is still a problem like it is not 100 fixed but they are like hey we we're addressing this we're like we pushed out a patch it helped out a whole lot it lets you turn off like the motion blur and the film grain effect which fucking saved my frame rate for sure like that game is mm-hmm. it was playable but now it's definitely like solid playable for sure that
3: that's encouraging that the, that that yeah. any sort of uh reaction came out so quickly
2: for that right game. totally and they like acknowledged it pretty much day one saying hey we know this is an issue we are working on it we will let you know when we have updates and like right after that they announced their like dlc roadmap which includes like uh photo modes coming very soon i think by the end of this year oh, that game's gonna do great with that photo game mode. is gorgeous if you've seen uh, i actually just changed my uh my phone lock screen to like a cool screenshot somebody took in control but uh, that game on PC with ray tracing turned on is one of the most gorgeous video games I've ever seen. It is really, really good. Yeah, I've good. seen some
3: good, like, not... I, the, the fact that that doesn't have a photo mode and the stuff I've seen looks that good
2: Yeah. Oh, man, I cannot cool. wait for that photo mode, and I do not give a fuck about photo mode. That game yeah. is, like, so visually striking, and it has, like, a cool style that I'm really into it. Uh, yeah, man... There was just a point of me just kind of playing through it and going through it this past week where it like was like I'm really really enjoying Control to this may be my favorite game this year. Yeah, it's uh, my it most anticipated. Uh, right, and I don't I I'm I still haven't like put together my list cuz I like try to put out one of these lists every year and I haven't decided whether or not Devil May Cry 5 or this is going to take the top spot, but they are definitely like the two front runners for me right now. Sure there's like still like fucking three months of games to go but yeah like uh the the combat in it 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 you progress it this way where you're like constantly finding like these new powers and abilities but like kind of after you've already become very comfortable with what you have and they add like neat cool layers like, I don't want to spoil what a bunch of the powers are, so I'm gonna to go to I'm gonna go through like the main two that have been shown in a lot of the trailers, which are the one where you can just pick it up and just throw it, which mm-hmm. is like the main thing that they showed off. Which still looks cool. It, oh, it feels so good. Yeah. And the sound it makes, oh my god. Um But you also have you also eventually get to a point where you can just fucking fly. You just get a levitation <laughs> ability. And there was this point where I was going through this area to do this side quest because there's a ton of side quests and they all like give you a bunch of really cool information and like do a little bit more of that like deeper world building that I Mm -hmm. am just really craving out of this game. It is like the story is okay and it's neat and it's told well. The acting's pretty all right. But man, just every single little piece of lore or like some letter that I find on the ground is just like I have to know more. Like I need to know everything about this. Um, But there was a point where this soldier was just shooting at me. And, like, you know, normally in, like, a third-person shooter, like an over-the-shoulder game, you would just kind of, like, hide behind cover. And then, you know, just wait for him to stop shooting, then pop out, and take a couple shots, and then you would just kind of be trading back and forth for a while. Uh, So with this one, I realized that... So if you hold down, I'm playing on PS4, so if you hold down R1, that is what actually gets you to, like, pull an object. And if you have the energy to do it, if you hold down R1, something will always pop up in your hand, which I think is a really cool effect. And yeah,
3: that's, yeah, the yeah. that it never whips. Even if it's just, like, whips. ripping
2: concrete off the wall. Yeah. Which is so cool. Yeah. Um, And once you, like, upgrade it enough, sometimes it is just the enemies themselves, which is cool, and it'll, like, straight up just kill them if they're low on life. So you're just, like, throwing, like, the dead bodies of the enemy at the enemy (laughs) themselves. That's great. Um, You can throw, like, rockets back at people, like, if they shoot, like, grenades, you can just throw those right back. It's really great. Dope. But, like, I just had this levitation ability and hopped over, like, just started sprinting at the dude while he was shooting at me, which is a bad idea. Don't ever do that. Uh, changed my weapon to the little shotgun that you have, because it changes forms. There's different ways you can unlock it and stuff. Uh, just hopped over it, shot him in the face with the shotgun, and then just, like, grabbed his body and just threw it at another dude immediately. And I just, like, paused the game. I'm like, this is fucking man. awesome. <laughs> Holy shit. Ah. Oh, man, it's so good. Uh, oh, that's great. So if you, like, hold down R1... It, like, pulls it towards you, so it's not, like, an immediate, it just appears in your hand, mm-hmm. and the game lets you play with that a little bit. So if it's, like, say, this is not going to come across well in audio, but I'm trying to explain it to you. So you are, like, right there where you are across this table from me, and then say there is an object back in the corner, and you are, like, like in the corner, like, right behind you, but I can see, I have, like, line of sight on that object, mm-hmm. So what I can do is I can hold down R1 to, like, start picking up that object. But if I'm targeting you locked on whenever it does that, it just, like, throws it at the target from whatever, like, position it's at. Oh. So you can totally just, like, grab something from behind cover and slam that person into the cover. Oh, that's cool. It's real good. Uh, and it just straight up tells you that. It's like, you should you should do this. Oh, that's that's fun. Yeah. Man, this game's real good. Uh, there was a bit that I was going through, and I'm going to try to wrap it up because we've got a couple more things to go through. Uh, There was a bit that I was going through where this Bureau of Control has, like, tried to get more information from the public about, like, you know, weird shit going on in the world. And they get into about how, you know, those, like, weird uh late night radio shows where people like call in talking about how they got ufos well it's like that was started by this to like get the public to be sort of skeptical but like call in and give them information Mm. uh they have this area where you just like look through a bunch of letters that people sent in and they range from like okay this person is just clearly bullshitting to like this is fucking terrifying but it's like it just those little touches add so much to this game I really like this game a whole lot, Thomas. I could keep talking about it for like an hour. Uh, uh,
3: I am I am interested in hearing everything. Great. Uh, I, I will say, I, I told you I listened to a podcast called The Magnus Archives. Yes. I recommend anybody who likes spooky stuff to check out that, uh, that podcast. It is exactly how control is being described to me. An institute, so it has like The Magnus Institute, and you have the narrator who is an employee at the Magnus Institute and he's reading the stories you hear. So it's all like an anthology, right? None of the stories are related until you realize that these stories are real and they are related. Like they all exist in this same world. So similar to the, this feedback I've heard from people playing control, like Mm -hmm. finding those letters and, and just seeing all of this side lore. Yeah. Uh, this idea of like, yeah, what if all of this was real and it existed in the same world, but it was all hidden behind this totally. that's, like, a, that's exactly what this is, yeah. yeah and um,
2: that is so cool to me. That is just one of the coolest things. So one thing I also think is really cool is in their DLC roadmap, like this is a Remedy Entertainment game, mm-hmm. the, the last bit of DLC on their roadmap, straight up Alan Wake crossover. They're just like, these are in the same universe, motherfuckers. And yeah. I'm like, yes, that's all right. That's so cool. I've never played Alan Wake and I desperately want to now. Like, me too. I, mm, fuck everything about this world is so damn cool and I cannot get enough of it. And like, I've seen a lot of people being Uh, like, Hey, I don't want to finish this game because it's over and I'm kind of with them, mm -hmm. but I'm going to, I, Oh man, this game's good. Um, I'm excited. Just talking about this. I, uh, I will show it to you at some point. I will very soon. I think you will uh, love it. I'm going to buy it. It's just a matter of when. Yeah. And then, and uh, I guess complaint about it since I just spent like, you know, 20 minutes ranting about it. Uh, I guess a complaint with it is like the beginning feels a little oddly paced in terms of like gameplay story wise it's like beat for beat like shit pops off the moment you get there but uh, yeah like the combat is not fun until you get that like first ability where you can throw shit like you get the gun and everything which is cool but the shooting is not great but you get to a point where you realize that is not meant to be the focus at all like it's neat and serves a purpose but it definitely is not the best part yeah yeah uh, yeah, so that's what we've been playing. Oh. Uh, control's really good, man. Uh, get into just a real quick news item before we uh cover the games coming out this week and then our uh show topic. Uh, the Ring Fit Adventure. Oh, is yeah, the new uh weird Nintendo thing because weird Nintendo shows up every now and again. Last time it was the Labo, now it's the Ring Con. So, this mm-hmm. is like a like a rubber like steering wheel kind of size thing where you insert one Joy-Con and there's like a leg strap that looks like you should put a fucking <laughs> knife into it. Yeah, yeah. And then you oh, like a Joy- dundee Right, thing. right. So basically what it is is there it's like kind of the Wii Fit for the Switch. Which I think was we all kind of saw coming at some point just because of how successful Wii Fit was, how good Nintendo is with the the uh the casual market, and also you know just there are so many fucking switches out there this just makes perfect yeah. sense Um Dude, it
3: seems like um sorry to interject here somebody was saying I, I can't remember but it, it was about how this this switch the, like the switch with the way that they've made like all the announcements on ultimate characters like this is the Smash Bros it seems like this is the last one like this is the one to end all Smash Bros and like I think I agree with that That I don't know if there would ever be a smash up for this It seems like they want this to be The one Yeah, And, and that makes man. me think of like In the picture of what the Nintendo Switch is That this Even if it gets like a Switch 1.0 or, you know, at 1.5 or a 2.0 or a 2.5. I think we're going to have the core Switch hardware in, in houses for a long oh, time. Oh, I completely agree. A long, long especially time. Especially since,
2: like, if you're, con- like, generations mean nothing anymore, especially yeah. since, like, the Wii U just kind of died and then they dropped yeah. the Switch. Yeah, and the and Switch is that. on its own train track right, now. Totally. So. Uh, so, the uh, Ring Fit Adventure is the game that's coming with the RingCon controller. Uh, man i didn't expect it to look as good as it does yeah uh so it's a fucking full-on like turn-based rpg like i'm not even fucking with you (laughs) is that Uh, really no totally like you basically uh so i'm I'm gonna read a little bit from this article that i pulled from the verge written by andrew webster you should go totally give that a click because he did some awesome awesome jobs on it uh, ring Fit Adventure is the first fitness-focused game I've ever played with an actual story. You play as a hero dressed like a gym rat, and you partner up with a sentient ring named Ring to fight <laughs> off an incredibly swole purple dragon in a leotard who is infecting the fantasy realm with darkness.
3: <laughs> uh, Nintendo
2: says that the dragon was designed to represent the negative aspects of gym culture, like ultra-competitiveness. In other words, he's a fantastical bro. Hmm. Uh, The experience is sort of structured like a Super Mario game as you go through a series of levels uh, spread across different settings, punctuated by boss battles. So, like, the way combat works is you have, like... You know how you would normally have... If you consider, like, your spells, and, like, you have, like, a fire spell or an ice spell, well, this one, you have, like, a yoga move, or maybe you have, like, a cardio move or something like that, and Mm -hmm. you have to, like, perform the workout that is, like, given for your attack to do damage to the enemies, and, like, you level up depending on, like how much you win like you'd experience all that JRPG bullshit but also whenever you get attacked you straight up fucking like just press that thing and these like giant abs show up and they like reduce your (laughs) incoming damage because you just get so fucking stacked also um, I think your experience is called gains which is great Ah, like they're really leaning into this a whole lot Um, that's good yeah you like move through the world it's very like on rails for like your motion through the world but like you jog at your own pace to literally move through the world so man that's I, I, sweet. I really recommend you guys just watch the like seven minute trailer that they put up for it. It's really kind of a cool thing. Uh weird Nintendo is always something that I've just desperately appreciated. Uh even that if it's not for me. Goofy. The the commercial's good. Uh, <laughs> or
3: commercial I don't know if commercial's the right
2: the right word. It was like the trailer for the trailer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you should definitely go check out like it's only like seven minutes for the like a deep dive. It's I'm
3: a fool for, of like, yeah.
2: sharing that and then literally not even finishing. Sure. It. You should watch it. It's I did not expect to like it as much as I did. I don't know if I'll pick it up because yeah. I don't really think it's for me. It's also, uh, I think, $80 total, which isn't bad. But, I mean, if you see that and you don't have a Switch, then you have to, like, you know, get a Switch Dude. and, like, all that other stuff. I don't know if it comes with Joy-Cons, which are also expensive.
3: I have a thing through work where if I spend money on fitness, I have, like, a weekly um, or a monthly So, allowance. what you're saying... Dude, I think I could actually <laughs> get i think i could seriously get my company to <laughs> Holy pay for shit. this
2: okay all right i
3: could even do an installment so i wouldn't even have to pay okay oh uh, my god like
2: high key look into this because uh, i i would love to try this out i'm doing this okay great oh this is exciting so uh last thing i wanted to go through before we take our quick break is just highlight a couple of the releases coming out this week this week's fucking stacked if you didn't know mostly on the switch uh not really much else for other platforms that i at least saw just from some quick google Uh, so uh, tomorrow as of the time of this recording it'll be out by the time the episode goes live is Castle Crashers Remastered Yeah, that snuck up on me and I'm very excited to buy that game for a fourth time (laughs) right right Uh, Sayonara Wild Hearts comes to PS4 Switch and Apple Arcade on Thursday this week 9.19 that I'm incredibly cool. excited about that game. I'm probably going to be streaming it, twitch.tv slash Cam Koenig, plug, plug, plug. Uh, and yeah, I'm really, really looking forward to that game. It just looks like a genuine treat. Can
3: you, you just showed me the trailer. I had never even heard of it. How would you describe that game?
2: <sighs> okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.
3: A laundry?
1: Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh?
2: Ah. <sighs> oh. well they describe it as a pop album video game which is probably the best way to do it it very much like looks like it plays kind of like a runner that you would expect on mobile which makes sense because it's like launching with apple arcade yeah which is cool like, i think that's a neat thing uh nino cooney wrath of the right w- wrath of the wrath of the white witch remastered coming to ps4 pc and switch on friday also coming out friday untitled goose game oh yes fuck Yes, very excited about that. Coming to PC Switch on Friday, and The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening is coming out on Friday as well. Uh, what's that one? How would you describe uh, you know, that? The first video game you ever played?
3: Oh, yes, 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 yes. That one, that
2: one. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, I don't know if I'll pick that up right away, but I do intend to pick it up. I, I know I'd love it, I think. Agreed. You're going to love it, but also it's not going anywhere. Yeah, so uh, we got through all that, so let's go ahead and take a quick break, and we will be right back.
1: Hello, everyone. This is Ray from the Heroes Podcast Network. Currently, you've probably heard me on a show called Screen Heroes, where we discuss movies and uh, TV shows about superhero sci-fi, and a little bit of fantasy. Well, I love fantasy so much, I am starting a brand new podcast about fantasy television series. We are going to review these series in a bit more detail than what Screen Heroes usually does. We'll discuss multiple episodes, for a whole continuous arc and then move on to another series. Spellbound will review shows, new shows like The Witcher, Good Omens, Carnival Row and Dark Crystal Age of resistance. We're also going to look back at previous shows such as American Gods and Avatar The Last Airbender, old miniseries from the 90s like Leprechauns and The Tenth Kingdom. And we're going to do a movie here and there, maybe even a little bit of fantasy upcoming news. Who knows? You will be able to follow Spellbound at SpellboundCast on Twitter for the latest fantasy news about the show, about the upcoming shows that we'll be discussing. You can also listen to us Fridays, coming in September.
2: Hey, we are back. Uh, So, one of the things that, uh, Thomas, you actually... I, 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 like, read the article, but you definitely made a point known to me that something that we wanted to discuss on the show tonight is... The article that Patrick Klepek wrote about, uh, entitled "The Small but Important Change Celeste Made to Its Celebrated Assist Mode," mm-hmm. um, and I, 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 I think that that was a good thing. I think that's a good thing to talk about for sure because I, I, I've noticed that's been kind of a hot button issue for like some people in ways that I've never understood. Yeah, um, just not like wanting to have that stuff in there for. Reasons that honestly are bullshit in my opinion, but uh, I, I really feel I, I think I think Celeste did. It, it was the first major time that I really heard of something really like speaking out and being like, "We have an assist mode. It is part of the central experience, whether you're not you like choose to or not dis- uh, engage with it." Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it was it was the first time that like I I had seen people like there, there's always been this like element of I play this on the hardest difficulty because I'm just a better fucking gamer than you which is total horse shit yeah um, totally but it the, like the Celeste assist mode was the first time that like I saw people going out and being like hey man like I had a lot of trouble getting through this but I really wanted to see this to the end or I physically just could not make this jump because of like I had like a physical disability or like a mental like thing that was just preventing me from being able to actually or, do this, or
3: straight up the the way you described the casual difficulty on Fire Emblem, like for me, that stuff makes this like playable, right? Because otherwise, like I I know I don't you know if this is a kind of game that I don't like, I'm just never going to even try it. But sure. this tells me, hey, this is for you. You have options to make this enjoyable, even right. if you're very
2: hesitant, right? You and know, uh, so I, even if you didn't use it, the fact that it's there. It's great. Right, right, absolutely. Um, and it was like, I, I saw people going online saying like, yeah, I had to use assist mode. And I didn't really see people giving them shit for it. Like, I saw people being just like, mm-hmm. hey, man, I'm like really happy that you finished this. Because like Celeste is a very, it's a really special game. Um, yeah. Not to get like too much into it and like all the shit that happens in it. But like, uh, it's a it's a really, really well done just discussion about mental illness and like how you kind of overcome or deal with that in a really like kind of grounded way that I really appreciate it and I, I do think that yeah. having that uh, having that game be as accessible in terms of difficulty um, to as many people as possible I think is super super important
3: yeah uh, there was a an event you know a party I threw one of those game jams where I had a bunch of people come over and it's like hey I don't care what you're playing come hang out and we'll play something you know you, low commitment let's just have a social Right, a social gaming thing, you know? And uh, I had some friends there. They brought this, that, and the other. Everybody's kind of playing, you know, a a cool widespread of games. Um, Some single player, some online multiplayer, some blah, blah, blah. Well, I was really excited to show off Celeste. So I did. I pulled up on the TV and we had people uh, passing the controller around. And some people liked it more. uh, Some people liked it less, but people were into it. They... If they weren't playing it, people were sticking around watching it, like actually focusing on it instead of like half-looking, you know, which was really encouraging to me. I was so excited because that that was my favorite game of 2018. Mm. So to see people really enjoying it felt really good to me. Um, so after a while, we've probably been playing 45 minutes an hour or something like that, and most of the people have gotten their fill of this game. Well, this uh, one girl, a friend of a friend, she comes in, And she is clearly not interested in playing. Like, she's not making any hurry to get the controller. Right. And uh, somebody, I assume the the person she came with, was like, hey, you should play this. It's good. And she's like, I do not like these kind of things. I get really frustrated. You know, I'm just going to get mad at it. And I'm hearing this and I'm like, this is a perfect opportunity to see if this works. And so I told her, I was like, hey, you know, give this a shot, play for a few minutes. If you don't like it, there are settings I can mess with, and I promise it will make your it will make it more enjoyable. It'll at least ease your frustration. And she was like, "Okay, well, I'll at least give it the shot." So she tried it, and she was getting angry. There were a couple mm-hmm. jumps. She doesn't that, play games. Like, Celeste is
2: hard. It's hard game. And, like honestly, like it. I the thing that I really appreciate about that assist mode. Is the fact that it does not change the difficulty of the game? It just lets you. I mean, it gives you an extra dash, right? Or like or, it gives you like infinite, like it. It just lets you kind of. I'm kind of jumping over my. I, I know what I want to say, but I can't like make the words happen. So if that makes sense, the
3: spot that the specific spot she was stuck in is a spot where there's these uh like corally looking spiky things yeah. that are around uh, different parts of the platforms. And you can land on them once, but as soon as you move away from them, they grow spikes. So you can only touch those areas one time. Well, she was getting really stuck on that because she, she would complete this jump, but then if she moved at all, she would kill herself. And she's like, well, this isn't fun because I can make the jump. I just can't do this this specific way. Mm-hmm. She was really getting upset. So I was like, all right, let's give this a shot. So I switched it over. One of the options was you simply don't take damage. Yeah. So it's not like she couldn't be hindered by, like, the platforming. Now it just meant that she wasn't going to get killed while she was experimenting. So she was able to navigate the platform exactly how she described that she wanted to. She was like, I wish I could just do blah, blah, blah. Lo and behold, the game had exactly that and six other options to choose from. Unlimited dashes. uh, I think there's one. You can slow down time. Yeah. Um, there there are a bunch of things, so specifically whatever frustrates you about that game, you can just alter that one detail, or all of them, but you can really customize it to yourself. And as I watched her play, it was great, because she did have a good time after that. She really enjoyed it, and that was fun to see this whole thing shake down, um, because it just opened up a new door that she had never been willing to walk through, because a game didn't make it easy Mm. in that way, you know, and uh, besides all the things I like with Celeste, with the story and, and the difficulty and all this stuff, the fact that it has an assist mode is so fucking cool to me. That is just so cool that they would make it not something on the back burner. They did say that they added it at the last minute in Mm -hmm. that article. Yeah. Um, But it's clear and present at any moment. You can turn it off if you want. Um, you can manipulate it when you want. It's just so cool to see that so, so integral to the game. It's not just like an afterthought. Um, so all of that is to say that in this article, so that that was all great to me. That's the only way, that was my experience coming into my thoughts on this assist mode. And that's about as far as they went. Yeah. More or less. I mm-hmm. thought they're super cool. Um, so it was a surprise to me reading this article that anyone was upset with the wording on it because it just hadn't occurred to me it didn't apply to me and i hadn't thought about it so the article outlines um one specific guy let's see if i can get his name right his name
2: is his uh, his speedrunner tag is half coordinated
3: clint lexa clint lexa half coordinated yes um so he himself is a speedrunner which is yes. crazy uh he has a disability. He can only
2: use one hand. Yes. Um, well, he can only use yeah, he, one hand. Uh, I'll paraphrase from the article or read from the article directly here. Uh, uh, one of the people who responded to thorson that's the game uh, game designer, uh, thorsons suggestion was Clint Half-Coordinated Alexa, a speedrunner who plays games with one hand due to a physical condition called hemiparesis, which causes weakness and decreased feeling in one half of the body. So,
3: So, yeah. he reached out and he basically said hey you know while i appreciate what you're doing the the verbiage that's used when you go to turn on assist mode makes me feel like i'm less than you know it makes me feel like this game wasn't made for me like you guys are catering to me but clearly i'm not the intended audience and when i first read that i didn't fully understand what i what he was saying Mm -hmm. um i i you know i read what he said but I just didn't understand it. And as you continue to read through the article, it's basically that it says originally when you turn on assist mode, there's this short paragraph that says, hey, we want you to have a good time. We could, we could read it verbatim. But it's, hey, we want you to have a good time. Um, the difficulty of this game is essential to enjoying it, basically. I'm very loosely paraphrasing. Yeah. But essential was the key word that they used. But you can also have a good time in assist mode if that'll help you have more fun. Yeah,
2: they, all, they also mentioned, I'm, I'm reading it right now, that uh, we recommend playing without assist mode for your first time. However, we understand that every player is different. Uh, if Celeste is inaccessible to you due to its difficulty, we hope that assist mode will allow you to still enjoy it.
3: So, he looked at that, and he made it feel like he wasn't getting the essential experience, and the game was telling right. him straight mm-hmm. up, you're not getting the essential experience, which had the implication of, you're playing it wrong. Like, you're not our intended audience. Um, and I had never thought of it that way before. That had just never occurred to me. So, case and point, that is specifically why we need accessibility advocates. We need I people agree with you. fighting uh, for this
2: full time. Yeah, like, he, he does a whole lot of good work. He even mentions, I believe, on his Twitter bio that he, like, does, like, consulting work for a lot of that stuff. Yeah. Um, I follow couple of other people who do like excellent work with that like able gamers charity as a whole does some incredible work with a lot of that they worked with microsoft on getting the adaptive controller up and running which Mm -hmm. is just an incredible piece of hardware yes um i follow uh steve sailor shout out uh he is uh, he has like uh, vision issues and he is a very big proponent of like making sure that like subtitles are big and like just encouraging people to like make sure that games are you know like accessible for those who are visually impaired and like he's very vocal about a lot of that stuff on twitter and the thing that i always really appreciate about uh a lot of people who are advocates for stuff like this is they are not mean to people like they understand Mm -hmm. like why they made the decision they did but uh and i think celeste is a very good example if you make your game more accessible that's that's more people who can potentially play your game like if you have somebody who uh like using, uh, like Steve's example. He tweeted about Fire Emblem earlier on in the year, whenever it came out and he was just kind of bummed because he wasn't able to play it because, man, the text in that game is really fucking small. Yeah. Like, there's a... I had to, like, hold it... Hold my handheld switch up to my face to, like, get some of the... It's really way too small. And, Uh, like...
3: Back when I played Skyrim, mm -hmm. I I went to my parents' place, which was an old-ass TV. Yeah. And the TV was big. Yeah. But there's no HD feature. Right. Completely unreadable. Yep. Back then. I mean, I couldn't tell what anything was. Right. And
2: I, I think stuff like that is important. Like, I don't like and, and and I I'm I'm very jumbled in my thoughts right now but I feel like the accessibility with stuff like that and the accessibility with stuff of difficulty can be not like can be the same uh it can be Part of the same conversation. Because I do think that there are a lot of instances where people are physically unable to get through a game and, like, maybe having an easier mode or having something similar to the assist mode that Celeste has. Or I played Overwhelm earlier this year and reviewed it for the site. And that game has an assist mode as well. Mm -hmm. And I turned it on and it straight up says Overwhelm is always difficult. But if it is too overwhelming, here's some things that will help you out. Or, like, if you are still having issues, these will like let you get through the game but not take away from the full experience and i played with the assist mode on and boy fucking howdy that game is hard as hell (laughs) but i still felt like i was fighting the final boss in overwhelm with the assist with a few of the assist modes turned on and my heart was fucking (laughs) pounding and like it on paper i can understand why people might either feel like they're getting a cheaper experience or for some fucking reason be upset that like I, I guess in, like, just saying, oh, well, they're not getting the real experience, so they don't matter, but, I mean, those people are assholes. Yeah, um, right. But I, I just don't understand not wanting to let people have those experiences. Like, I something that I've just seen a whole lot about lately, like, recently with uh, some of the Death Stranding stuff that's come out during Tokyo Game Show, where mm-hmm. they said, hey, we have a very easy mode. If you just want to, like, see the story and experience the world, I think that is great. There are people on Twitter... Which, granted, I really do feel like this is a minority of people. I don't want this to come across as being just like everybody on the internet is mad about Death Stranding. Mm-hmm. But fuck, man, they were just like, man, well, if you want to play like a subpar experience of this game and not be like on my level or some shit, I'm like, yeah. man, go fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah. You know? Uh, yeah, it's, gatekeeping it, at its finest. It, it's just bullshit. Like, at what point did video games stop being about having fun? And right. who the fuck cares how you have your fun? And yeah. I really like to see developers, like, uh, I think they just changed their name, but Matt Makes Games, who did Celeste, or, yeah. like, really anybody who's incorporating stuff like this to be more accessible and, like, honestly, like, also just being more valuable, like, being more aware of the time that you're giving to that game. Like, I don't understand how people think that's a bad thing, you know? Yeah. It, it, it's just kind of bullshit. It is kind of bullshit. It, it is bullshit. It's not kind of bullshit.
3: So the quote that... Uh, Sorry see. about
2: that uh, just, like, 10-minute rant I just hey man,
3: <laughs> I'm glad, I'm glad that you're giving the rants now. Like, Great. I, I, I'm i hogging all the rants man, all the I time. Just,
2: I, it, it really fucking bums me out and makes me upset whenever there are people who are just getting so angry at how other people choose to do things that literally have no impact on them. Like, I just don't understand why you would be upset at that. Like... Yeah, it, 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 it has to come from some sort of like fundamental level of like you just don't want them to be having fun, which is just the worst thing. You right. know, I I'm not even going to sit here and pretend like I know or I, I can even understand that. But fucking come on, you know, it's bullshit. Fuck, it is
3: bullshit. Uh, so I coordinated the quote I pulled from the article, the vice article that I really liked is accessibility is about presenting additional options to remove barriers of access and empower disabled people to actually get the intended experience. It isn't about taking that experience away. Right. So uh, I'm cutting out here. What I want to make clear is that... What's his name again? Half-coordinated. Oh my gosh, this (laughs) is so bad. It's okay, it's okay. Half-coordinated. Ugh. Um... Half Coordinated likes the accessibility options. It's not about the accessibility of the game. It's about how it's presented by the developer. So I want to make that totally clear because he's totally great with all the options, but it's about the way that it's presented. So, you know, it's about empowering people, not taking away an experience. A wheelchair ramp doesn't ruin stairs. Braille doesn't ruin a book. And a sysmode doesn't ruin a game. And... That's absolutely right. 100%. And yeah. to think that a, an assist mode would ruin a game is straight up gatekeeping in... Totally. Like, just the idea that look how much this improves someone else's experience and doesn't detract from yours. Like, I you I could have gone through all of Celeste without touching an assist mode. You know, uh, when, when you play Fire Emblem on casual mode, that doesn't for some reason
2: affect jimmy's playthrough of, right, of who's fire emblem he's on Why playthrough two probably hardcore <laughs> classic but i mean he loves that shit and that's awesome and i'm happy that he has right. that and the totally for me, isolated
3: you know. experiences they like there's no way that you would be negatively affected right by having options presented to someone else the only way that i could possibly see someone being upset is they want this to be a notch in their belt. They want to basically get an achievement for beating the sure. game. And the harder the game is, the more that achievement, whether it's a literal figurative thing, uh, the, the more that achievement means something. But you can play it on hard mode. Like, you can play it this way. You can make it harder. You know, turn it up for you. Mm-hmm. That does not mean
2: that everyone should have to be bumped up a notch. Right, like, difficulty is not... Well, Difficulty is subjective. Like, mm-hmm. full stop, you know, like uh as 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 they mentioned as you mentioned earlier in like both that article and from the quote that half coordinated gave about you know like assist mode does not ruin games like people who still need that that game is still hard like it is not just kind of a cakewalk like and who know like what could be easy for you is definitely not easy for somebody else like Half coordinated, for instance, like he speed runs games with one arm, like what, <laughs> yeah, like, which is wild. And like I've watched a bunch of his speed runs at like GameStone Quick, and they're fucking incredible. The dude is wonderful, mm-hmm. but like it, it is, it is just so fascinating because like things that we might like take for granted, or things yeah. that we just like are so used to doing, and it's just like part of our thing as just people who are not impacted by what they're trying to do at all he's still finding his enjoyment out of that game and like things that may be super easy for us could be hard for other people for multitude of reasons
3: dude i think about that a lot i play uh more games pretty much just apex right uh apex legends but i very regularly now play with what i call claw fingers on Mm. my right hand i have normal you know thumb thumb and pointer finger only more or less on my left side and on my right side. I use four fingers. I use my uh, one finger each for the two triggers. I use my thumb for the control stick. And then I actually use my pointer finger... for like the At least for reload mm-hmm. and switch weapons. That way I can continue to look around while I reload. Mm-hmm. So I don't have to move my thumb and choose one or the other. And I think about that a lot because I never used to do that. Now I find it much easier for me. But also I have two working hands with good coordination i have i have no barriers at all and i hit you know my issue is i if i was on a pc i wouldn't have to choose which one of these things i did but because i'm physically using my hands in this way on this platform um it comes up and that's not that big of a barrier it it's like not you know it it's a small advantage i think when i have figured out how to manipulate it Mm -hmm. it's certainly not ideal but it's no barrier compared to someone who has an actual disability right. who has uh I- anything going on that prevents them from easily and completely using um using a console controller or a keyboard or anything else mm-hmm. uh you know to its maximum effect so like i every single time i use claw fingers i really do think i'm like man like first of all this could be better but also i got this pretty good mm-hmm. you know everything's pretty easy for me but, like I said earlier, that's exactly why you need advocates for accessibility. Because right. good decisions don't usually happen for no reason. Mm-hmm. They don't usually happen by accident because somebody stumbled into the correct answer first. You know, they happen because you, you, work, your, you, know, you work your way through a problem... But when you get a different set of eyes on it, they can say, hey, you did great with X, Y, and Z, but you didn't even think about my A, B, and C. Right. You know, and like, these are the fundamental barriers that I I face. You don't even think about them. Like, for me, I don't think about colorblindness until I hear somebody say about it, and I'm like, oh, right. Yeah. That's a huge part of your life, you know, and that's, like, that's a vision thing. You know, if somebody literally cannot use one of their whole hands, boy, if colorblindness was off my radar, Mm -hmm. you know, um, it it just goes to show how many kinds of gamers there are, the different needs that gamers have, but also the different opportunities that developers have not only to create something that is accessible to those people, but look at this conversation between Matt Thorson and half coordinated. It's
2: honestly incredible. Dude, both
3: sides are incredible. They're both completely constructive. Uh, like, first of all, The fact that there's an accessibility advocate in the first place is awesome. The fact that he is so articulate and willing to talk things out in a way that is constructive and not defensive is top tier. Agreed. Yeah. That's just the good stuff. And for Matt Thorson, of course, Celeste is made by a small team. Mm -hmm. And for Matt Thorson to be um, very receptive to this, open to it— and willing to go back and into the game when they had this update in the works and change it, you know. Every both sides were listening. Both sides were able to communicate on Twitter. This wasn't even a private conversation.
2: Um, Which let's would, be real, Twitter is just kind of a hell site, dude. Like, fuck, man, man, it's just a, it's really it's really always great when I'm like, all right, cool, something yeah, good came from Twitter, man. Cool. All yeah, right. when
3: you actually see not only it's one thing to see something wholesome because those are good, mm-hmm. but to see real, like in real time, right in front of you. Can creation you know to see people work together who didn't have to work together I mean people are assholes to devs all the time and devs can can have good well you can understand why they would you know lash out sure. at the internet because the internet is just a kind of acidic place you know uh, not always but it can be you're really opening yourself up so it can be easy as a developer to be nervous to reach out at all Right, because like anytime somebody would have a criticism, I w- had expected Bat Thorson to say, "Hey, let's talk about this privately, you know because it when you when you make yourself that public, there's a lot of room you're you're making yourself vulnerable because anybody could tear apart any one little thing you say, and that could explode into some viral who knows what mm. so developers have good reason to be nervous about that stuff, so to see two people come together. In a constructive, um, supportive way, is great. Like totally, every part totally, about this agree with is you. T- it is so
2: inspiring to me.
3: Honestly, I yeah, love it. It's
2: it's it, you always like people get in this kind of mindset, which I think is wrong ninety nine percent of the time about how like developers are just kind of lazy and like they don't really care and they just like they're going after a quick buck. Which I mean, a if they wanted to make money, they would not be in game <laughs> development. But yeah, right, right, uh, like. For the most part like they care about what they're working on and they want it to be as good as possible and to be enjoyed by as many people as possible and this is a way to do that and like honestly like really all i can kind of add is that if you have an issue with it then just kindly fuck off you know (laughs) uh there's video games are not for just like a small select few people because there are more than a small select few groups of people in the world and mm. video games are made by all sorts of different types of people. And I think that's awesome. And the way that this medium kind of grows and changes and gets better and we get better stories and better experiences and better perspectives is from people who are not, for lack of, like, honestly, straight white dudes that yeah. are angry on the Internet. Like, right. Providing their perspective, giving their art out there. St- granted, you and I are both straight white dudes. Yeah, yeah. But as it turns out you, you, you kind of get what I'm saying like I having those perspectives is super important and having that diversity isn't is super important and yeah, fuck, and, man, I, yeah, yeah. So
3: well, the you know part of like why I love this stuff is, and and why i'm I'm glad you offered to put like a hero of the week each week like yes. that is consistent and encouraging I like that because it's so easy to see the the bad loud parts of the internet. I just want to see more good loud right. stuff. And if they're not loud, I want to be loud about it. You know, totally. Type, yeah, that's, so,
2: that's what we're trying to do here with this. Well, like, yeah,
3: because I mean, Patrick Klepek right. That wrote that article. I think he does a good job of spotlighting stuff right. and being loud about it. And that he picks a lot of, topics that are pretty nuanced
2: that he he picks some very niche topics to write about like he does a lot of Mario Maker coverage which Mm -hmm. isn't the biggest game in the world it's big but a lot of the stuff he gets into was like an article that I read recently of his like it was like right before Mario Maker 2 came out was about one that had been played like millions of times that nobody had beaten yet yeah. And it was just fascinating. And I yeah. just watched Twitch streams of people playing it. And it was cool. Yeah, the, the dude, the one dude, I know exactly the article you're
3: yeah. talking about. Because that guy had been playing forever. Yeah,
2: <laughs> it, it was cool.
3: Yeah, and it, it's like a whole slice of life that um, that nobody knows about. But mm-hmm. that's also like, you know, bringing it back right. to the topic. Right. Uh, that slice of life stuff is what we should care about. Because um, if we have the opportunity to do good and we don't that was a choice we made Mm -hmm. you know if you're ignorant to something that's excusable to a certain degree but if you're in a position where someone is educating you in a constructive way like not just screaming at you sure you know but um if you have the opportunity to learn something then just listen right and you know we could all everybody could do that more um but when people got skin in the game and and people working on passion projects or whatever uh it, it's just important to think about those slice of life things, and that's why I think there's value in like the way Vice, Patrick, uh, how they write, because it's one of the only places in the games industry that sheds a light, like uh, sheds a light on those niche areas in a professional way. Because mm-hmm. there are plenty of people like you and I who'd be like, "Let's read some crazy news, wacky morning zoo," <laughs> and that's there's totally entertainment value to that stuff. But to have the real professional look at that those things is very nice i think it's totally necessary and i wish we had more of it yeah um patrick wrote the article matt dorson was a great like in a position of power or you know he had an opportunity they had an opportunity to listen and they did and that's great uh half, half, coordinated. half coordinated you got it gosh i've you already said it. it okay okay half coordinated um he stuck to his g- guns and made Moves Like, made it happen, you know? So, everybody in this case, I think, is commendable. Like, these are the good things we want to see more completely of. Completely agree. Um, you know, if, if you like that stuff, go support those people.
2: Go right. follow them. I, I think um, that... Like, it's just so easy to pay attention to the bad loud, totally, or the loud bad. Totally, Um and So, go support the loud good. I, I, I completely agree with you. And I think that... I, if I uh, Another thing that I feel like, if you're listening to this and something that i want your kind of one of your takeaways from this kind of conversation we've just had is is if there are people that are from a like different background as you like maybe they are like a person with disabilities or maybe they're like part of another race different culture something like that then if they're like upset about something and like voicing something about that before just like having your gut instinct being well, they don't matter, or like this is bullshit because they're just like a small group of people that don't care. Like, maybe just listen to them because, like, honestly, everybody—no one person—is more important than the other. We are all people, you know, and it—it it, it is just it's, people. It's—it's <laughs> it's really discouraging, uh, to see people like uh, if there is like a woman a, a women, a woman coming out saying like that they feel they're being like not represented well in like a game or like anything or just anything at all like if you see yeah. anything any criticism coming from somebody that you don't share a background with just take some time and listen and like understand where they are coming from because like it might not be a big deal to you but it could be a huge deal to them and that's just something that you just have to understand
3: yeah and you can learn something from from anyone else like if, right. if someone else if that's important to them that means they have a different perspective than you yeah. and you should learn about that perspective totally like you should just think about that i completely agree
2: uh so uh on that note our hero of the week is half coordinated hey Uh, half coordinated (laughs) i picked him and i
3: couldn't remember his name until the very end of the show yeah he uh
2: in addition to doing just some wonderful work with uh like obviously this assist mode change is a really really cool thing that Mm -hmm. he kind of got the wheels in motion for but uh Big shout-out to uh, his speedruns, because they're fucking good. Like, they're they're really cool. Uh, if you have a chance to just Dude, watch any so of his stuff... so cool. It's so cool. Uh, he, oh, my God. Uh, and uh, just, like, watching all of his stuff that he does, like, with uh, Games Done Quick, uh, I think he did a near Automata run that is excellent. Yeah. Uh, so... Just go, go check, check him that out. Yeah, I would like to watch some playthrough yeah, no, it's, uh, footage of that. It's a really, really good... He's, he's great. And it's really cool to see him out there like uh, doing some wonderful support and all of that stuff.
3: Yeah, I, I poked around on his Twitter uh, briefly earlier today. And man, everything I saw was like... Right, it was on brand for the picture I had in my head. It was like, man, this is all quality stuff and constructive. Like, it's not just patting somebody on the back. It's right. saying like, hey i'm gonna put a megaphone to this voice that needs to be heard
2: yeah so uh go give him a follow on twitter he is at half coordinated uh spelled like it is spelled so (laughs) yeah we'll uh, have that in the show notes there Uh, So I think that is going to do it for the show this week. Thank you everyone for stopping by. If you like what you heard, consider kicking us a buck or 12 at patreon.com slash heroes podcast. That'll help the show and network grow to do even cooler stuff. Uh, If you can't contribute financially, that is okay. Uh, Share the show with a friend or rate and review us on your podcast platform of choice. That helps out a whole lot. So we'd appreciate it. If you have any questions or any ideas or topics that you would like to see us cover, hit us up on Twitter at GamerHeroesPod. Your submissions could make the show. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at TheCandyMan. Thomas is at Sarah one And if you're in the Kansas City area or even just passing through, be sure to check out at GG underscore Kansas underscore city. That might be changing soon. Uh, on Twitter or GGKC on Facebook. We have links to different gaming events and communities in the area that would love to have you be a part of them. Uh, so, thank you everyone for tuning in, and I hope you have a great rest of your day and a better tomorrow.
1: With the Lucky Land you can get lucky just about anywhere.